Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is your weekly source of gaming news, questions, and impressions from minimap.com.au. My name is Kerry Palmer, and joining me, as always, is Jeremy Bratitich. You know, we're 92 episodes, at least, into this show. We've had more than that, because we've had a couple of bonus episodes here and there. Yeah, and there's also and the, the, the fabled episode zero that no one's ever going to hear. Yeah, I didn't cut that. Um, we've we've <laughs> so done that. over 100 podcast episodes together. Yeah, with, with still, Minidisc and TPO, yeah. Yeah, like we, we, are, we are well over. Um, I still manage to start every episode by, oh, fuck, I should do that right now, like, which is so not important. Like currently I've taken off my glasses. I'm currently cleaning them and I've got a coffee in front of me because apparently every time you start doing the intro, I notice one more thing that I can do. <laughs> which evidently completely distracts me from starting the episode. <laughs> Every time I start, because we were we were kind of idling for a couple time. of minutes there, but right before I did the intro. Like, yeah, I had time to clean my glasses while we were talking about the West Wing prior to starting the show. Exactly, we were the, ready. Ex- the, the exact moment that you started talking and doing the intro, I just completely decided to do something else. <laughs> Last time, I was deleting files off my computer while you were doing the intro. Were you doing that at the same time? Yeah. Whoa. That's... Like I wasn't low. Like like I said last time, I wasn't low on space that I needed to right then and there. But for some reason, oh. I decided to do it right then and there. You're right. You're right. You were doing it at that moment because it's like, oh yeah, what if I don't have space? I I yeah. thought you meant the like the full hard drive wipe that we I remember, oh, I remember now no. that we spoke about that time. Yeah. Uh, how's your week been, Jeremy? Good. I almost didn't get to play anything. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Jeremy, why don't you yeah. tell us about your weekend? Oh, my weekend was full of why is my computer not working? <laughs> I I like I had so many issues with my computer. I realized like a bunch of things as it was going. Like I had I had a hard drive that's that was failing. Um which is this one right here. It is a Seagate Barracuda, two terabyte from 2011. Turns out hard drives from eleven years ago mm. they don't work anymore. Um yeah. it was just in my computer. And it was causing so many issues with other hard drives and and the OS. Um, There might be like old Windows files on there that's like haven't been deleted properly or something that Windows is trying to talk to, which is why things are failing. Who the fuck knows? Sometimes it's not even that though. Like if it's like, if it's got corrupted files and like the, the system is trying to pick it up just so it can give you like an accurate representation of what's in there when you open like this PC, right? And it shows you all the hard drives. Even that can be enough to futz with the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't really know what to do with it now. Like, I should donate it, but I don't know what's what's on it. Um, I don't mm. think there's anything important on it because I, for the most part, I've I've been a lot more... I, like, I have known that these hard drives are getting old, and so my long-term storage is none of my old hard drives. It is either the new hard drive or the cloud or my laptop, um, which, I've, which I'm proud of because th- th- this is exactly why I've been doing that. So off the top of my head, there is nothing on there that's important. It's probably just a bunch of old games. Mm. Um, so I probably should just donate it for the parts to you know one of those hard drive recovery places. Um, but yeah, so my weekend was like full of me trying to get Windows to work and reinstalling Windows, and then like it kept on it got stuck in a in a system repair uh, loop, and then um, I tried to put in another stick of RAM because I had another stick of RAM like that's been sitting in a box for two years now because um, I bought it by mistake, even though it's better than the ones that I have in there um, and I didn't return it. 
And so I put it in and then Windows like, like my computer wouldn't boot because of it. Cause it was it, like, it was having a hard time recognizing mismatched RAM, mm. um, which computers can get like really, really fussy about. Um, so I've taken it out and I'll probably just try and sell it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I, it got to like 7 PM on Sunday um, after these issues arose Saturday morning ish. And you'd like clean installed windows and it was still broken and... Yeah, and so it got to 7 o'clock on Sunday and my computer finally started to work. Um, And then I went to bed about four hours later. (laughs) So I got to play like a little bit of Final Fantasy, a little bit of fucking like Flight Sim and a few games of Apex and that was my entire weekend. (laughs) Hey, those rounds of Apex though, they were legit. They were were good, they were good. Let's uh, let's get into the the rigmarole and then we'll... It's it's looking like a weird episode. It's looking a little light on. We've got a like a topic of the show lined up uh, regarding yeah. open world games and what the uh, anticipated games of this year kind of look like. Um, however, we haven't been playing that much that's different, so it's going to be a bit yeah. of a weird one. We might not even have a break. We'll see. Um, yeah. But regardless of that, this is the Minimapcast. Uh, this is minimap.com.au's weekly podcast. Uh, you can go there to find every podcast we've ever done, so every episode of this one. Every episode of Mini Disc, which is our uh, game club podcast. Um, every episode of The Pecking Order, which is our pop culture kissability ranking podcast, uh, which is a really fun time. Uh, you can also go there to find the occasional written word that we've put up there. I uh, The other day, I actually went and reread my Final Fantasy VII remake review that I wrote nearly two years ago uh, at the start of COVID. Um, and the last time I read it, I was kind of a bit disappointed by it, but because I had low expectations reading it this time, I was like pleasantly surprised by it. And like, I was like, you know what? That's not bad. It's very much my first review that I ever wrote. Um, but it's not bad. I was like, good, good work, good. Harry. Well done. So uh, if I you remember, feel like reading like a two-year-old review, that's on the site. Uh, <laughs> what was that? I said, I remember, I remember thinking it was good when I read it. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Uh, God, I wish we had more of that game. You will soon. They're going to show it off like hopefully this year if things go well yeah they say this year which probably means it'll be out next year if not the year after mm. yeah mm. Uh, if you want to support us you can give this show a positive rating or whatever podcast service you use to get this show um, you can also go to patreon.com slash minimapau to support us monetarily if you so choose to do so uh, I always say that and it's really weird so choose to do so um but yeah, that option is there for you if you if you like. We also wanted to say thank you to Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D improv uh, song from their YouTube channel as the music for the Minimap cast. Uh, you can listen to more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. Um, Jeremy, do you want to start or should I come in with what I've been playing? Uh, mine, my, mine's pretty short. I can, I can start. Okay. On the document, um, under what we've been playing, it says, Jeremy, secret. Yeah. Normally it's, it's like it's Jeremy, like, Resident Evil 8, uh, uh, Python Village, if that's the name of the game. I don't know why I thought of that. That's weird. What, is, just what says, the fuck is Python Village? I don't know. I just thought of a, of a random name. I don't know why I thought Python of that. I, it's Village. Not, it's not anything. Python Village is... I don't, I don't know what this is. A, <laughs> what Niger- is a, a, a Nigerian TV show? And a... Platform for learning bioinformatics and programming through problem solving. Uh, that's what I first thought when I said Python Village. I was like, oh, it's probably got something to do with programming. Why did I say Python Village? 
I have no idea. Is that the name of, is that the, name of the episode? Python um, Village. Jeremy, what is your uh, secret? So this 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 is a secret and it's not a surprise, especially to you. Um, oh. I played a little bit of the Shadow of the Colossus. Ah, um, yes, yes. Now I I I this is this is actually quite a quite a thing for me. Um, is so Shadow of the Colossus. You go around, you defeat the sixteen Colossus. Every time you defeat Colossi, one, you wake up please. in this tower. Sorry, Colossi. Um, every time you uh, defeat one. Uh, you have to like wake up in this tower again um, and then you go out and find the next one. This tower that you are in is where you start off in the game. Um, in the store, you travel across this impossibly long bridge um, into the center of the realm, um, down the stairs uh, into the tower. Now, this tower is actually climbable. Um, and you can get to the very top of this tower. However, it is very, very difficult and requires multiple playthroughs of the game and multiple lizards. So there are lizards that are around the world where if you shoot them with an arrow, they will fall and die. You can then pick up their tail, which will then increase your stamina. Uh, As you go through the game, you will also defeat Colossi, which will also increase your stamina as well. If you beat the game about two to three times, you can then get enough stamina to climb the top of the tower. Because this game is New Game Plus, New Game Plus Plus, etc. Uh, I've never done that before. Right. Um, in your favorite I, game I, of all time. In my favorite game of all time, there has always been this this hidden thing that I've never actually seen. Um, I knew it existed, and I, I, I know what's up there because I've been on wikis and stuff. Um, but I'd never actually gone up there myself. N- not on the PS2 game, not on the PS3 remake, or not on the PS3 remaster, or the PS4 remake. And so what I've been doing is I've been playing through this game maybe once every six months once every eight months to a year just every now and again i'll just knock out half the game maybe go back the next day do another half playthrough because i i know how the game works now i can i can defeat like a bunch of colossi really quickly when you know the puzzles in portal yeah yeah um and i finally got to the top and it was really like it, it, it takes a long time to get up there. It's about like seven or eight minutes of climbing at least. Mm. So you need like a lot of stamina. Um, however, they have found an area which you can stop in the middle of and rest, which is like, you're not meant to be able to go there and rest, but like it makes it so much nicer because otherwise you got to do like six fucking playthroughs. Um, and yeah, so you get to the top and you enter what is called the secret garden. Um, Inside the secret garden, there's nothing really up there. There is some fruit, which you could then knock off the tree, and it will then reduce your stamina and health. Oh. If you want more of a challenge, um, in <laughs> okay. in in the PS in the PS3 version, if you ate all of the all of the poison fruit, is what it's called. Um, you were then in a trophy. They they didn't add that into the PS4 version, thankfully. Um, but you can also get to the bridge um, oh. and you can, you can walk all the way across to where you entered the realm. Um, and there's this impossible wind that is pushing you from leaving. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, as well as there's a, there's a secret coin at the end of that as well, which is like, they added a bunch of hidden, hidden coins all around the world in the PS4 version of the game. Um, right. Cause they add, they added an Easter egg in the PS4 version of the game which is below the temple um, 
you can get an extra sword. Um, oh. And like it's it's just a it it's just a different sword. Like I think it's got a it allows you to shine the light even if you're in the dark. Like it doesn't like it doesn't you know it's not like a thing that's going to change the game at all because it's the end of the game and that by that point you have completed the game a bunch of times anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But like it's it's neat that they did that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and finding all those coins is like really hard to do. Like there's like I think thirty of them, um, and they are all around the fucking map, and that map right. is huge, so big. So um, yeah, and it it also takes fifty because you can't take aggro up there um, because you have to climb all the way up there. So you got to walk across that bridge if you want to get that coin, and it is a fifteen minute walk, um, which I, I haven't done, um, but I I did I did take some photos while I was up there because I finally got to see the final thing in that game that I'd never seen before, um, and it was really nice. It was like a really like I felt really happy being up there because I am so uniquely familiar with this game and like I, I love this game with my whole heart. It was one of the reasons I went into game development. Um, and yeah, like it was cool to see that final that final thing that, that it had to offer me. Um, and yeah, like I, I made it up there and I was, I was really, I was really happy to finally climb that final mountain. Um, it, was, it was real cool. That's so sweet. So I took a bunch of photos, sent them to you so I could send them to my phone. I noticed that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, no, sent you, I sent you a sticker back. Yeah, I, I sent you a sticker back as well. Oh, I didn't get a notification for that one. I'm so bummed. Uh, what did you send you should back? have a look at the sticker. It's fucking it's shit. It's gross. Well, because in the PlayStation app, well, in the PlayStation chat, the only way Jeremy and I have found, they're adding a way to get your saves straight from the app soon. Finally. Um, Screenshots, you mean? Yeah, screenshots. But what we have been doing is I, I've been sending screenshots to Jeremy in our PlayStation chat because we don't use it at all. Um, and that way I can access them in the chat on my phone, download them on my phone, put them on on yeah. Twitter without having to go through the actual thing. So yeah, it, it's, it's the only way you can tweet a PlayStation screenshot with a swear word in it because they block <laughs> you from, from tweeting anything that's got a swear word in it. Yeah, yeah. Not even Nintendo do that. No, I know. It's so intense. You can't tweet the word ass. <laughs> I don't know if you can tweet the word assassins. Really? Oh, because it's got ass ass. I don't know. You might be able to, but I don't actually know. It'd be funny if uh, you go to like tweet from the PlayStation from like Assassin's Creed Valhalla and it blocks yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, like the automatic hashtag it gives you. Um. Mm. So yeah, but they've got these they've got these like first party stickers that are all based on Horizon and Uncharted and Last of Us and Little Big Planet and random stuff. And playing. Yeah. And so I, I sent uh, a sticker of Aloy waving and you sent a sticker of Nadine surrounded by coins yelling Yas Queen. <laughs> 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 Anyway, so screenshots on PlayStation 5 are a little busted. <laughs> Still, I, I can't believe it's taken this long. It's coming soon. I saw Greg tweet about it, but like I couldn't find the option for it. When it's I not out yet. Day. Like, as far as I can tell. Greg Miller tweeted a screenshot of his phone saying, this is where your PS5 screenshot. And I'm like, where is that? I don't know. Maybe I should have gone into the comments. I'm sure there's dozens of people saying the same thing. 
Oh, I just like to point out that when I got those screenshots, I wasn't playing the game at that point when I was sending them to you. I downloaded the remote play app on my phone, went onto my PS5 and sent them to you that way mm. so I can get them onto my phone yesterday. <laughs> I, was at I was like on my lunch break at work while I was yep. doing that. And my coworker looked over, like Ollie looked over me. He's like, what are you playing? And I was like, Shadow of the Colossus. He's like, on your phone? Why? I was like, I'm just getting screenshots. <laughs> oh, so you were playing it to get the screenshots. Via yeah, yeah. Play. Like, yeah, like I, I, I reopened my PlayStation and I was still there from because I just. Oh, I thought you content. were saying you'd taken the screenshots and then you decided you wanted them on your phone, so you opened no, the Remote Play app to send them to me. To no, I was doing photo them. mode inside of Shadow of the Colossus via Remote Play on my phone, connected to my console that was at home to send you a screenshot, so I could send myself the screenshot on my phone via an app. Wow, that's so many layers. It's, it's very the future, and it's also like, this should be way easier. <laughs> so much easier. I, I, um, well, that said, because you hadn't taken the screenshots yet, like, that you could do oh, that. Oh, sure, cool. yeah. Yeah, no, like, that is cool. But, like, the, you know, the Xbox app, for example, I'll get a push notification saying, hey, your screenshots have uploaded, and mm -hmm. I can just view them directly from my phone. And yeah, it, it does it all really automatically. Uh, the thing, uh, I was reminded of something. Oh, the only thing I use the remote play app for is when I plug my PS4 and now PS5 into my capture card, a lot of the times I have HDCP turned on from when it was using the projector, and so it doesn't turn, yeah. it doesn't show me an image. So yeah. I use remote play. So you got to go in and turn it off. Turn off HDCP, and then it works through the capture card. Um, That's so strange, because that theoretically means that you can stream remote play while HDC, or does it just... You can't open it? the media apps while, oh, okay, right. while streaming, I think, yeah. That makes sense. Um. Yeah, it so it's been a weird week for games. Like like you were saying, you played like a couple of hours of Flight Sim and a couple of rounds of Apex, and you got Dying Light two because you you pre ordered that months ago and it just arrived. Uh, yeah, I played the first like two hours of that game and I already really don't like it. I honestly don't know if I'm gonna play any more or if I'm just gonna return it. Is that just because of the story or did you not like the gameplay? Uh, the, the gameplay is fine. Like fighting zombies is like really whack. Like you you just you beat them up, but it's like really silly. And it's not meant to be silly and like oh Troy Baker's the main ca fucking character and like it's like I can tell it's him. It's not. Is it not? It sounds no, so exactly like him. There was actually this, there was this tweet uh, thread going around from the voice actor saying, it's not actually a compliment when you say that you had to look up who this was because you thought it was Troy Baker. Like, I want to be known for my performance. And and some some outlets put up a review saying it was Troy Baker or it was, um, uh, who's the guy who does uh, Mirage and Ezio Akin Downs, Robin Akin Downs? Right. Uh, and people just assumed it was them and they didn't actually look it up because it wasn't them. Are you kidding? Because it sounds exactly like fucking No, Trevor it's Baker. not. It's someone else. Oh my God. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, the guy's been like, I, I wish I've, I've, I feel you bad all would at guy. least look it up. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because like... I think the, the thing that gets it is it sounds like him, but he also acts like him. It, it's, <laughs> acts it's, like it's, you it's think a, he is. You, you don't know Troy Baker. No, no, no. But I mean, it, 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 he's acting like a Troy Baker performance. He's doing right, the, okay. the thing, the things that, that, Tro that Troy does when he's doing a performance like that. Mm. Um, it's all bad. I didn't think a single thing in that was good at the beginning, at least. <laughs> yeah, I've heard the stories, dog shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really like the idea of, apparently Game Informer gave it a 9.5. 
but yeah, I like the idea of getting it for cheap and then just like doing co-op with friends every other night, you know, just running through the city. Yeah. But only for cheap. <laughs> yeah, like 20 bucks. Yeah. Slash maybe just by the first dying light. Yeah. Because I haven't done that. Um, yep. So yeah, it's been a similar situation for me in terms of, you know, just playing random things. I played some Final Fantasy X and that was good. And I played an hour of Bloodborne starting from the start and I I beat the wolf that you're meant to die to and that was good. And like, you know, just a bunch of random things. But I didn't, I didn't touch Arceus for a while after our discussion. Um, last week for the podcast and i'm not sure why mm. i got to the third area the coastlands and i got basque legion which is the 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 fish that you ride um and then i kind of didn't touch it for a few days and i was like oh am i cooling off on arceus this is weird i don't why am i going back that's interesting and then i and then i loaded it up yesterday or the day before i think yeah the day before two nights ago i loaded it up and i was up till all hours for absolutely no good reason. Like, I was up so late playing this game. I had an inspection the next morning, which I didn't, but I thought I did. It was today, actually. Um, <laughs> so then, when I didn't have an inspection yesterday and I was so tired, I played a lot of Pokemon Legends Arceus yeah, again. I was going to say, you suddenly had a whole lot more time to keep playing the game. Huh? <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I'm really appreciating this game. Um, and especially the way I've been playing it the last couple of days. So, I, I, finished, I finished the main quest in the third area which I really, I really enjoyed. Um, got to see a lot more of the, uh, the Hisuian form of Growlithe, um, who is so fucking cute. So cute. Like the one that's got like the hair over its eyes. Um, oh my God, it's amazing. And I, I really want to catch one, but I haven't seen one to catch yet. Uh, but what I, so once I finished that area, I was like, what I'd done is I'd caught a few Eevees. I'd caught three or four Eevees. Uh, and I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through and I'm going to start evolving them. And starting with the ones that are a bit difficult that you need to like build up their friendship for them to evolve for like Umbreon, Espeon, uh, Sylveon. I can't remember the others. Um, mm-hmm. I think those are it for the friendship. And it's it was really good because what I did, they were low level. So I went back to the first area and I just started going to a couple of areas I hadn't been to before. I could swim now. So I swam through the rivers and I caught a bunch of Magikarp, which are just so funny in this game. They just swim up to you and stare at you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then I, I found an alpha one that was like aggro. And so I caught, I got into a fight with it and it still only knows splash. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I just, I just bounced around and I, you know, threw my Eevee at trees to knock some berries down and smash some rocks. And then that one evolved and then this other one evolved. And I did some space time distortions, which are pretty cool events where you can catch pokemon that you normally can't because space time is messed up that one's really fun and i just i just banged around i went to some islands i hadn't been to before found an alpha infernape and natural chimchar spawn so i caught them and i got those in entries up and the the tick boxing outside of learning a new area for the first time like going back to an area with the right levels just kind of going there for myself was lovely it was there was no no story reason for me to be there. There were no side quests there that I could complete, really. It was just, you can go there and kind of do the thing that you want to do, that you decided that you wanted to do. So having that agency to do that, having the tools to be able to do, do that, and making my own decision, discovering that that's what I wanted to do, and the game let me. I found really 
rewarding. I found it really, really nice. Um, I'm also taking my Pokemon storage far too seriously. So, like what? So when you start, it looks like you've got like, like nine boxes or like six, 12 boxes or something like that. Mm, but if you fill yeah. them all with at least one Pokemon, it expands to a full right, 24 okay. boxes. Um, and so what I've done now is I've, I've, I've named most of them something else. So the first boxes are the intake. One, two, three, four, five, and six. It's where all everyone I catch goes into the intake, right? Because they go in. That's where they land into their first boxes. <laughs> They're like the inbox. <laughs> it's like the sorting factory. And so then I, and then I go through the intake, and I'm like, oh, I haven't caught one of you yet. You're the first one of a quillfish. And then I pick up the first quillfish I've got because I've probably got like six of them in the in the intake, right? Pick up the yeah. first quillfish, scroll through, or just go to the overall thing and go to my collections box which is where I'm keeping one of each Pokemon. Sure. So I've, an, so I've an, got an, it. An alive quen- Dex. Pardon? An alive Dex. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. And like if there's different forms of Burmy, you know, like the pink and the tan and the green one, I'm going to keep one of those. And the, the two different forms of uh, Hippopotas and stuff like that. Um, and a Chimchar and a Monferno and an Infernape and stuff like that. Mm. Zubat. And all the Pokemon. So... I go through the intake and I'm like, I haven't, <laughs> I go through the intake and I'm like, oh, I haven't caught one of you before. You go in. I haven't caught one of you before. You, 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 you go through. Oh, I did get you already. Back to intake. You go. So you can, I can sort you out later. Oh, you're an alpha. So then I've got alpha box where I'm, where right. I, more alphas go in there and I'm catching more and more of them because the more you complete, the more the normal Pokemon have a chance of spawning as alpha. So I've got like an alpha worm pool and an alpha cascoon <laughs> and an alpha Zubat, alpha Magikarp, yeah. alpha Gyarados. Like, I've got all these other alphas, and then I've got a shiny's box. Uh, it's got two in there at the moment. One's from a side quest where you're guaranteed to get the shiny. The whole quest is, oh, there's a blue pony tar, go get it. Um, mm-hmm. But I caught another one naturally, which was a, a, a shiny buizel. Um, and then, and then, so when you open the box the first time, you come into intake one, and then if I press left, it takes me to the twenty fourth box, which is the bench. <laughs> and so that's where i keep the pokemon who i spent a lot of time with at the start and want to make sure i remember them and keep them around so like my starly and my Driftblim. it's also where i'm keeping pokemon who i'm going to level up at some point like my happeny and my machop and my magnemite uh it's also got the gen 4 starters that i've caught that i'm going to train up and hang on to so it's got my currently Prinplup and monferno and what's Grottle, uh, Torterra's middle evolution. And then all of my Eevees go in there as well. And then when they've evolved, they go they go back there when they're out of rotation. Uh, yeah. And that takes, that takes like Ouch. dozens of minutes. <laughs> like I go out and I catch, like I finished a, a, a survey the other day and they're like, you've caught 76 Pokemon. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and so like all right over to the storage i leave it for like hours of gameplay and then i come back and i've got like six boxes of intake to comb through and so once i get all the alphas in and i get all the collection ones in there i might keep a couple around because some side quests want some stuff and then basically i just purge the intake (laughs) and release everything else that's left in there and that gives you so much of the resource to level up your pokemon for like their, their ivs for their individual statuses um, and I get so many like, what is it like grit pebbles and grit gravels and 
whatever they're called. I get so many of those because I've <laughs> I just sent <laughs> dozens and dozens of Pokemon away. That's a uh, yeah. That's a lot. How's that? How's that hitting you, Jeremy? Oh, I mean, look, look, that, that stuff is fun sometimes. I'm, I'm not like, you know, I'm not going to grump on that. That, that's like, <laughs> that, that's got its place. Sometimes you, sometimes you want your things to have a place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's fine. I really don't. I've never done it in a Pokemon game before. I've found like it's it's always been so clunky in Pokemon to catch any Pokemon for 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 one. It's so expensive to catch any Pokemon as well. It's been so hard to... There's been no reason to catch multiples of them. Going to a box is so tricky because it just it just takes a while and the, mm. the system is so clunky in the older ones where it's like... Uh, there's just a lot of input delay, I feel like. It, it, like you can't move faster than like... Bloop, 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 like around the menu, I want to say. Whereas this, I, it'll go as fast as I press the button. Like... Like moving around the screen. Uh, I just feel like it's so accessible and also I'm catching so many that it incentivizes me to sort of keep things in order. Um, I don't know. It, it's just, it's, 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 it's part of this feeling I've been, this, this question I've been asking myself these last two or three weeks, which is what is the merit? And this isn't like a groundbreaking discussion or a groundbreaking topic, but what is the merit of playing a game for hundreds and hundreds of hours when you've played it before, you understand the loop, you know what's going on. You've seen all the Pokemon, let's say. You've probably caught them all. Maybe you haven't caught a shiny of everyone. Maybe you haven't caught an alpha of everyone. But what's the merit of just going in and and continuing to play a, a certain game for hundreds and hundreds of hours? Because I think for the last couple of years, doing this podcast and kind of taking it a bit more seriously and... Then with my work as well, I'm kind of getting new stuff every few weeks. I'm, I'm, I've been bouncing off of stuff more than I ever used to. Whereas before I had like 300 hours in Binding of Isaac and played so much like roguelikes because I just I liked them so much and they were cheap and I wasn't worried, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's devalued to me the concept of like the classic MMO player, right? Who's done it all before? They've done the raids, or like a Destiny kind of style, where it's like you've done all the raids, you've got you've got enough, but sure, you don't have the God Roll gnawing hunger, or you don't have the that particular armor set. I think I I see myself in this game having the potential to really go for just whatever I want to do, or go for the most that I want to do. Get a whole living alpha Pokedex and Maybe shiny hunt as well. It's really easy to shiny hunt in this game compared to other games. And that's never appealed to me before, even remotely, because it's been so grindy and so thankless. But everything feels so accessible in this one. I just kind of, I want to, I've been feeling like giving myself permission. Like I need to give myself permission to be like, you can play this for as long as you want. Like, yeah, you just can play just it for that. the next six months. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like if you're, Having fun with it. You know? That's it, right? Like that's, do, what that's, do what Thorpey says. <laughs> it's fully sick? Oh. I thought he says go for your life. No, Thorpey says it's fully sick. Ah. Oh. Who says <laughs> go for your life? It's like a Milo thing or like a Weetbix <laughs> thing? I don't know. 
It's that same era, I think, is why I'm I'm getting tripped up. Anyway. Who says um, go for your life? Was like Olympics. Uh, <laughs> wait, what the hell? Well, what is it? Uh, uh, the Victorian Government Library Service, uh, Eltham North Primary School has a Go for Your Life page. Oh, Elf- it was a Victorian like active, healthy living oh, like campaign. Okay. So that's why a primary school's got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the ads for bananas. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think it's like it's it's one of those things where it's uh you know, if you find that like that urge, like mm. there's nothing you know, like I, I, there's nothing stopping you and you should do that thing. Mm. Um like it is it is harder when 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 we do this a bit more like seriously and you want to sort of break something new every time, but I think it's about like, you know, finding that finding that something new in that or finding that something interesting in that. Mm. Um, you know, like I fucking, I found something new in Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and yeah, like it is like similarly, like we used to play more Destiny than we do now, which is currently none. Um, yes. And, you know, a lot of that was the same thing every time. Um, but, you know, we also did find new things in Destiny all the time, which was, you know, like doing a raid that we'd never done, uh, you know, the new seasonal activity, um, uh, you know, like finishing a story and then doing a mission that we had never seen before because it required a quite a long grind to get there sort of thing. And I think, I, th- I think you're right in the sense that, like, uh, Pokemon actually offers you that because it used to offer you that, um, and like mm. not in a like not not in a bad way, because I don't I don't think it is bad at all that they offer you the uh, like the ability to go out and and you know find all of these Pokemon in the Pokedex. But like the reason they do that now is just because they used to do that, um, and they they will never ever be able to get away from that. Yeah. Um, and like I, I you know I don't think they should, but like that is an old that is a you know offline game concept mm. to go out and, and, and collect all the stamps. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, games don't do that as much anymore. Even now, you know, we've seen this shift of, you know, getting the platinum trophy to not even being hundred percent in the game. Totally. Um, or it's become that more doing a majority of the game's content, but it being more accessible to achieve in case you yeah, don't like, want to do the X number of thousands of things. Yeah, it's it's the like the platinum will like has slowly become the showing you what like showing you everything the game has to offer as opposed to showing you everything the game is, mm. um, because that is less interesting. Mm. Um, it's more enjoyable. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is you know will also tie neatly into the into the the open world conversation, um, because you know they are still designing this open world about finding all of these Pokemon. Um, but like the, yeah, like I, I think when, when it, when it scratches that urge for like, I want to do this because I want to do this, like that's getting increasingly your error. I think in games as a whole and not just a, like, it's not just the you thing. I think, I think games don't like, they don't focus on that anymore. And I think mm. because they they know that you have eight other games 
which you will default to. Totally. Um, totally. You know, and that are, that are vying for your attention each week and that are more exciting because they've just come out and yeah. Well, like, it, and it, it's it's a similar thing of like, I remember like there was a, when, when Fortnite shifted from, you know, from a, 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 a horde, like a, a horde based game into a battle Royale. And then it shifted from a battle Royale game into, you know, the multimedia platform that it has since become, you know, sorry, the multimedia commercial that it has since become, <laughs> it, it, it changed from, it was no longer competing with other games. At that point it was competing with Netflix. It was competing with streaming services, video on demand, YouTube, even Twitch. Um, because it demanded your time. Mm. Um, and and it, it was like, it was commanding people's afternoons a lot of the time with limited time events and, you know, especially the the events that were happening um, where you had to be on at a certain time. Um, you know, like Pokemon is now once again having to compete with those things which are what your defaults to but still offering its 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 old set of like rewards, mm. um, and I think it's still great that like one they do that, but also people are still connecting with it. Yeah, um, you know, sure. like like the, the death of Pokemon will be people when people don't care about finishing the decks, um, which I don't see that happening anytime soon. No, but like like when when that happens, it will happen at some point. When that happens is when that series will like be on a on a true decline, mm. but I don't think that's going to happen soon. I think they've made it even they've made it easier to care in this game for the people who connect with this one. Like, it's perfect. Like, it's mm. so accessible to do that because it isn't about just seeing them anymore. Like they say, you need to go and catch them. And something else as well is that like because there's only one version of the game too, like. They're only worrying about the. They're only worrying about the ones that you can catch, but that's all of them because there's no version exclusives. So you don't have to worry about that. E- isn't there some Pokemon that you need save data from other Pokemon's to get? Mm, I'm not sure, okay. but it's not. I want to say there's one or two that you need the Diamond and Pearl things to get. Interesting. I, I I could I could be wrong, but I want to say I saw that on Twitter. There's I saw one where it's like the clue for a side quest has been unlocked inside of Diamond and Pearl, the remakes, for a side quest in Arceus. But you actually don't need save data to do it. It's more right. just like the the clue is there. So, but now you can just go online and look up the clue. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. But like for the main things, I'm pretty sure you can you can catch Dialga and Palkia in Arceus. Okay, it's it's just a um. Looks like it is just costumes. Oh right, okay, cool. I think. I think yeah, you get you get certain outfits for having Sword and Shield, and then Let's Go, and then Brilliant Time and Shining Pearl. Did you know, by the way, Jeremy, that Brilliant Time and Shining Pearl made it into top 10 selling switch games of all time from the time it released until the end of december yeah right how nuts is that i know right and it's kind of easy right because they're counting two separate SKUs inside of that one banner 
but yikes. Okay, look, it looks like some of the Pokemon are... There is at least a Pokemon which you need save data from. Okay. At least Still, one, that's, that's a far cry one. from the normal version exclusive BS, right? Where it's... Oh, sure. Like, it, it totally is. Like, one Pokemon as opposed to, like, 15 or 20 that they'll show you so you can have a complete Pokedex, but, like, you can never catch them unless you've got a friend or you buy a second one yourself or buy a second Switch even. Like, I know you don't need to, but, you know. Like, it's it's messy. And in this, it's just so clean. Um, Do you want to know what the Pokemon are? That you need save data for? Yeah, sure. So, it's funny. So, so each of the three, like, games, three games um, that you need save data for will give you different gifts. So, uh, Sword and Shield will give you access to Shaman. Oh, yeah. Or Shaman. Shaman, rather. Um... Pokemon uh, Brilliant Diamond Shining Curl will give you access to Darkrai. Um, oh. And Pokemon Let's Go will give you a cute little hat. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I think that's a good move, making the ones that are kind of locked out be the, the ones that were always hard to get anyway, like those really mythical ones. I don't like it. I mean, Just I don't like that they the lock game. out anything, but if they had to, yeah. at least it's the ones that are always hard to get. Well, because some of them you couldn't get at all because they never made the event public. Yeah. Like yeah, in, that in the original games. That was, yeah, that was always fucked. But like the fact that they were in the game and you couldn't get them because they never actually did the event that they were supposed to release with that Pokemon mm. like was just so fucking weird. Yeah. But yeah, you can get so many of the, of the legendaries in Arceus and in Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. Um, but especially Arceus, like you can, I'm pretty sure you can, I've, I think I've seen you can get Giratina. Um, and you can get Manaphy and Fionn and stuff like that. Like there's so much stuff you can do in Arceus. I'm, I'm re- that's what I'm most excited for is to get to the end. I mean, I'm enjoying the, the story enough to be like, oh, this is entertaining. I don't care too much about you guys, but you've, you've got... Slight character depth, that's enough for me right now. And wow, big Pokemon, big Pokemon cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm excited to get to the end and get to the, and start doing legendary stuff and and finding the rare Pokemon. I, I caught a to- kiss yesterday flying around in the sky. I had to use one of those, those straight shooting balls to get it because the other ones just fell over. Oh, it's good. Game's good. I'm really enjoying it. Good. Mm. Have you played about any more of it? I thought about it, but I was like, I thought about it like midnight, and I was like, I'm not going to stop playing a game at midnight. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be my thing now. I need to tell myself to stop playing it at midnight. <laughs> uh, so we've somehow prattled on for a while now. We're going to have a break. You spoke about Pokemon for 25 minutes. <laughs> I well, yeah, I've, I've opened it up to a broader conversation too. Um, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have a discussion about open world games and specifically why almost every AAA large upcoming release for this year that some of the most anticipated titles of this year all seem to be open world. So uh, start thinking about that one. We're going to come back with some answers to our questions, and uh, we'll be right back. Can I be 100% honest with you? 
Yeah. I kind of don't remember the last 10 minutes. (laughs) 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 I don't know why. I just... I see the waveforms. You you went into a state. You had like an episode. (laughs) 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 You went like back in time. Welcome back to the Minimap Cast. We have been pondering the future of 2022 and what the biggest upcoming games mean for the year. Um, so we came up with this topic a few weeks ago, um, and I think it's important we we definitely have it <laughs> before these games start coming out, which is imminent. Uh, Horizon's less than two weeks away. Elden Ring's less than three weeks away. Arceus just came out, which we didn't know if it was going to be a part of this list. I think it's earned a part of this list, but kind of like passingly, just that it was a decent enough entry that we should bring it up. Um, but let's run through this list. We've got six games here, and these are all some of the most anticipated games coming up in the next year with release dates for this year. Maybe some of them get pushed. I could I could see two of these easily getting pushed, maybe three. Um, but here's, here's what they are. Right? Here's <laughs> Just, what... But basically the two that are not coming out within the next two weeks. <laughs> well, yeah, basically. Oh, no, there's three here. But so we've got Starfield from Bethesda. We've got Horizon Forbidden West from Guerrilla for PlayStation. God of War Rangarok, as it's, as it's written here. <laughs> God of War Ragnarok from Sony Santa Monica for PlayStation. Breath of the Wild 2 from Nintendo. What? Rangarok. Rangarok. <laughs> uh, it's the end of all redheads. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what's... Uh, uh, Kratos kills those uh, Troy and Nolan in that game. They're, I think they're the only redheads in that game. Um, Elden Ring from From Software for everything and Pokemon Legends Arceus is also uh, on this list for nintendo so pretty even coverage there we've got two big third-party titles two big sony exclusives and two big nintendo exclusives um oh wait no so starfield's an an xbox exclusive pardon me i misspoke yeah uh fuck that's weird (laughs) yeah right um all of these games are open world all of them yes at least to a sizable extent so for example, God of War Ragnarok, if it's similar to God of War 2018, it will be sort of half-half, right? Half open mm. world, half linear storytelling, where you've got that sort of hub-and-spoke, um, wheel-and-spoke sort of structure where it's like we go away from the central hub area, we come back. We do side quests, the area's changed a bit, more things have unlocked, I've got more abilities, do what you can, and then go on the main mission for three hours and come back, and then go on the main mission for three hours and come back and do as much as you want on the side stuff. But aside from that, 
everything else here is really strong in the open world department. Arceus is a little different because it's that kind of monster hunter structure of different areas and a hub village. But even yep. then, it, it's, it's an open world game. That's what it is. It's just slightly fragmented. Yep. It, it's zoned. Yeah. So... What, what what question do we want to start with here? Or do do you want to lay the groundwork of some of what you were writing up before, Jeremy? Yeah, like just before like we started, like I, I wrote a I wrote a brief list of like like what does open world mean, basically? And <laughs> yeah. it was like like I I basically just did like a like a list of a bunch of things, which is the most common reoccurring mechanics, themes, verbs in open world being like a, some level of exploration, uh, maps, mm-hmm. tick boxes, which is which I've written here is reductive. But what I mean by tick boxes is in like you know, completing a zone, climbing a watchtower, yep. you know, liberating a village, you know, that sort of that sort of thing where like you do things that are not they are not the story and they are not missions, but they are objectives that you will do throughout the game, which will further the narrative themes, basically. Yeah. They're, like, they're almost never required, aside from maybe the first one, which is, like, I show you how to do it. Mm. But, like, they are they are very prevalent in nearly every open world game. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, Far uh, Cry 6, how it's, like, get the checkbox, get the checkpoints, get the outposts, get the, yeah. the, the secret weapons, get the, yes. get the different companions yeah yeah you're always rewarded for it and it makes sense in the story that you would be doing these but it very rarely ever directly asks you to do them Hmm. um side quests as well um most of these games have side quests in some way in some form or another Yeah, most of these are role-playing games in some fashion Mm -hmm. um random encounters so like you know basically like the idea of cascading events that will happen that will sort of you stumble into something that will feel random, but is like algorithmically generated in a way to make you feel like you're entering the middle of a fight or like, you know, an enemy faction and another enemy faction will bump into another and they'll fight and then you'll stumble into the fight that's happening. So could we say that is sort of to do with like systems, like systemic interactions? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, and finally, like I, I wrote, I wrote the word "wide," <laughs> um, <laughs> which is funny, um, but also like it. I think I think it's true because like wide in the sense that there's there's not a whole lot of deep layered things happening, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of things happening. There's a right, lot yeah. of fairly shallow things that happen, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I don't mean shallow in terms of like, you know, like meaningless. I mean shallow in terms of like just there's not a, there's not exactly a whole lot happening here, but it helps set the the tone. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I looked over at the word knock and you made the word wide really big. Really big. Um, um and then I, I sort of like I, I did like a brief outline of each of the games. I think I think we can go we can go through as we go through the games. If you want but sure, like, set the scene. Yeah, like so. Basically, like, like I'll start off with um, Horizon because it's the next one that's coming out. Mm-hmm. We have a pretty good idea of what this game is, which is another one of the one that they've already made. I think this one is the most clear idea of what we know it's going to be because from what we've seen, there is not a whole lot of deviation from the formula from the first one, which I think is a good mm-hmm. thing because I think what they're going to be playing to this time is what worked in the first one, mm-hmm. and 
building upon that to make a even more solid experience. Yeah, um, and which I think is down some probably of those rough what, edges. Yeah, which I think is probably it's basically what everyone really wants from this game, right? Like they want like they want what they offered from the first one, but sort of making it stronger. So, um, something to note here, I think, is that like this would now be Gorilla's second time. Um, making an open world game with the first Horizon being the first one, and they have never made an open world game prior to that, which I think is really fascinating that they mm. were able to do that. We've spoken about this in the past. But what this also means is that they are now working on a game first and foremost, as opposed to an engine and a game at the exact same time. Mm. Um, so they know what they're doing. They don't have to... They can look at the mistakes they made in the previous game. They can work on that. And obviously they'll be doing engine work like every game gets engine work done on it as they go, but they're not building up an engine from scratch. Mm-hmm. So hypothetically they can really focus on like the game part of the game as well as whatever additions to the engine that Kojima Productions had made. Um, they apparently had a pretty good working relationship when when Death Stranding and The First Horizon was coming out um, that they were like they they licensed out the engine to... Kojima Productions, and they were actually getting stuff back from them during the work of Death Stranding, which I think is really cool. cool. Yeah. Um, And like I I wrote here, like a little bit reductively, but like I don't, but it's also, it's also true that like Horizon is the best Ubisoft open world game, Um, which was the thing that was said about it when it came out. And like, I, I mean it in a good way that like Ubisoft, they make open world games where there's like a bunch of things to do and a lot of it is meaningless and there's a lot of like, you know, climb the watchtower, get a big section of the map open town here. Yeah. It's like three big overall sections of the map. Each section is split into nine subsections. Each subsection has three outposts and a tower to clear. Like, and a million different places to fast travel. Yep. Um, and what what they what they did in this is they included a lot of that stuff, but they reduced the importance of it even more, so that it, you never felt like you had to do it. Yeah. Um. And so I think we'll see a different amount of some of that stuff this time. I think at least. Mm. Um. Should I talk about? I guess should I keep going through the list of games, or should we talk more about Horizon, or should we? Like, well, maybe let's tackle one of these questions and then like yeah. when it becomes pertinent, we can sort of discuss each as the one as they come aboard. So, yeah, um, we'll get to that one in a minute. Part of this question is why one, one of the questions we've written here is why is every big game this year open world? Um, it's definitely quite striking that this is the way it is this year and not necessarily others. Yeah. like last year we had Deathloop very far from being an open world game that's an immersive sim time loop um so many of the things that came out last year ratchet and clank not open world uh i'm, I'm trying to think of more of them resident evil 8 is not open world oh like, it's it's partly that's kind of that hub and spokes thing right yeah but it is all one it is all one world at very least Sure, but it's more about linear set pieces. It's not about tick boxes. It's not about systemic interactions. Yeah. It's, it's kind of just like, like it, it, going back it, it through the linear, village again. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, like this year, all of these games, and who knows, maybe they're all shit, right? Maybe they're not on the game of the year lists. Maybe I know, could a, you imagine? And we're talking about a bunch of indies and like whatever else comes out this year. 
That would be like, cool. The, the the only two major open world games that came out last year were like Halo Infinite. Yep. Which was which was a big one. Um, well, fairly small in in terms of the size of the open world, though. Oh sure, I mean, as in like big release. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, and you like you laugh, but it's it's something that we don't really consider much, which is <laughs> Forza Horizon Five. Oh dear, yeah, I I guess that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Um, so <laughs> that was really sneaking up on me. Yep. Uh, so like, why is it that all of these have spun up in a way that is coming to bear fruit this year? What is it about them? Part of it, I think on this list, we have Breath of the Wild too. We have to point out that five years ago, Breath of the Wild came out Yeah. and it was one of the most defining games of the generation and- Maybe one of the most important games of the decade. Yes, like I, I was, I, I saw a tweet the other day that 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 took me back, which was Breath of the Wild is the game that got Pokemon to change. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. <laughs> it took it it took five years for that game to come out, and when it came out, it forced Pokemon to change its formula for the very first time ever. Yeah, because it's a, it's a masterpiece. It's so influential. And when especially when we look again at Horizon being here on this list next to Breath of the Wild, thank God they're not coming out in the same week because that was not good for Horizon, although it did okay. No. But the, the contrast between Horizon's uh, really lackluster climbing system in terms of where, the times where you can't climb. Like, when you can't climb up a rock wall, it feels like crap in Horizon. When you can, it's great. It's like Uncharted, you know, go to the yellow handholds. But then you compare it with Breath of the Wild where it's like you've got your stamina meter, you can climb up that mountain if you've got enough food or if you've got enough patience. Um, that felt so freeing and liberating. And there were so many systems in play where in Horizon, the systems in play were monster will hurt you. Yeah, it's, Monst- a, it's, monster- a, more, it's a more combat-focused game for sure. Exactly, yeah. Sometime monster I, I, hurt some, some other monster. Quick aside, I can't fucking believe that Pokemon didn't adopt the climbing system in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. It does my my head in that it's the same designed world and they didn't bring that through. I could tell you why. Yeah, because you get a Pokemon that climbs later, but I think that's a shit excuse. It also lets them hide more and make it a bit more linear. So it's like you can go back to the old areas with new Pokemon and find new things. That's the the reason. Because Breath of the Wild is like you get your toolkit on the Great Plateau and then the whole world is available to you. That's what Breath yeah. of the Wild means. Yeah, um, and we're not—I don't—we're not going to get that in these games. Um, so, but I think that's part of why some of these are are all looking open world. But there are a number of games here that, or rather, there's one game here that surprised me the most in terms of its open world ability, which is Elden Ring. I, I don't—I I can't quite figure out why, and we don't have the game yet, which is part of why I can't. But we don't quite know why this game has gone open world yet. I was thinking about that today. I, I honestly don't know why either. Um, like, you know, like the, the Souls games, you know, they have been fairly open, but they are still like it's 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 corridors. You know, you can like mm. in in Dark Souls more, like at least Dark Souls 1, you can go to 
locations that you're not ready to go to early. Yep. And I think that's because Firelink connects to areas more than the other from soft games connect to the rest of their world. Like I, like I know, like for example, um, in Bloodborne, you go back to Yarnum a bunch of times um, and like there will be so many shortcuts that you don't realize you're yep. making as you, as you do that. But like, it takes a lot longer to get there. Um, Demon Souls is a very linear game. Mm. Like, you know, there are, f- there are five directions to go, but those directions are forward. Yeah. Um, and none of them link together. And yeah. yeah. And that's the yeah. same with Dark Souls 2. Sure. Right. Um, Dark Souls 3 as well. Similar, like much more similar to 2 than it is 3 mm. um, in terms of world design. Um, and uh, Sekiro is a lot more linear as well. Um, you don't return to places in Sekiro ever. Like they branch, but you don't come back around. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then suddenly like Elden Ring is like just like an open world JRPG, like a Final Fantasy, like a modern Final Fantasy, I think we'll say. Mm, that's an um, interesting way of putting it, yeah. Where like you are, you know, like you hop on a mount and run through an open world and there are like, you know, there are enemies and there are things happening and like, it feels like there are like camps and stuff, but like, I don't know. I don't know what the open world part of that game really is yet. Like all I've seen is jumping extraordinarily high on a ramp yep. up to locations that in the past would have meant that you fell out of the world in a FromSoft game. Totally. I So something I've seen in some previews, I haven't looked extensively at the preview coverage, but I've looked at a little bit of it. And I think they're, what they're saying is that they've wanted to address difficulty concerns with the open world. And I don't know what came first, right? I don't know if they were like, we want parts of this game to be more, more fun to, to passively enjoy or to be less of a full-blown challenge. Or if they were like, let's make it open world. How do we make this the most engaging? Oh, it turns out if the open world's fucking hard, then people are going to bounce off. So I think making it open, they have to encourage people to explore. And that means that the combat encounters can't be brutally difficult every single time you come against them. They're probably still souls things. But because the because the the terrain around you is so um it well, it's so open, you can sort of set the stage. You can you can pull people back away from their camp as far as you want, I guess, and you could just decide to get out of there and go somewhere else and do something else if something's too hard. Like you can mm. in any game, but in the Souls game, you've never been able to really back down from a challenge unless it's actually optional, right? So Yeah. It's a it's a it's a strange new direction for them. And like, you know, like I think as as time goes on, as we get further and further away from the initial announcement, which was from the minds of like, you know, Miyazaki and George R. R. Martin, mm-hmm. as, as we get further and further and realize that we don't really know how much George R. R. Martin was really involved. Yeah. Because from what we can tell, he doesn't fucking know anything about it. He, aside from he enjoyed working on it. Apparently, yeah, he like, he like made the, he helped them make the world and the characters like four years ago and then they made the game. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like I'm, I'm not saying that that's a, that's a bad thing or whatever, you know, he's not a, he's not a game designer and he's certainly not a games writer. No. Um, but like, 
they like why why this one like what what decisions have they made in this game that is really going to affect like it's really going to bring forward like the addition of it being an open world like if i look through my list of you know like things that are in open world like exploration are we going to be able to stumble across a new area in this like there have always been optional areas in FromSoft games but like are these optional yeah like then there's always been secrets but like those have largely just been like hey i found a chest with a thing in it or (laughs) an optional area which might be neat but it's not like a zone hey i found a chest with legs and it ate the shit out of me (laughs) yeah like maps in this game are we going to put down up like are there markers i think there, there are markers are, in this there game are right? markers. yeah breath of the wild style markers i think too where you place it on the yeah. map and then you see a big beacon of light in the sky and so like is that because you're not gonna be like that makes me think that you're all you're really not restricted very much in how you're able to go you know putting down a marker in god of war is fucking dumb because you just go straight and you'll get there eventually because there's not really <laughs> a whole lot of deviating paths right that and they do very good with their waypoints where it's like if if your if your waypoint is down a channel but the the channel takes a hard left it's not going to show you the straight line on your compass it's going to say go to the channel on your compass and then when yeah. you get to the turn the the compass point changes sure. so it like adapts like that so that's that's kind of why it's got a quite an adaptive waypointing system yeah yeah um tick boxes reductive are we going to be able to liberate camps are we <laughs> Are we like, is there going to be like a terrible morality meter inside of it? That's oh, like, no. Kill, kill the prisoners or save the prisoners. Yeah, liberate oh. the slaves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we don't know what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or is it like, um, like find, find the six spells of the old sorcerer Igbog? Like, <laughs> what, what Python, you Python Village. P- Python Village. <laughs> um, <laughs> Python Village sounds like a like a FromSoft fucking area. <laughs> um, side quests like these like these games have always had side quests since Demon Souls, right? Like in every one of these games, there are side quests to do. They're a lot less defined. Yeah, they're, they're not. Like, they're not in the journal to track. No, they're not. But like, you can definitely do them. They're extraordinarily fucking obtuse. But like, you know, so I'm like, I think it's pretty safe to assume we're gonna see those. Mm-hmm. Random encounters, we know there are going to be some level of random encounters. We've seen that and they've spoke about that. Yeah, and I've I've heard some people in the in the playtest tried to like get other enemies to fight each other and they would. Um sometimes not aggro each other, but they damage each other trying to damage them. Mm, um, which is also not not a new thing. Like a lot of the time enemies will aggro each other in previous FromSoft games as well. Sure, but in an open world setting you can kind of drag them really far away i think not mm. not infinitely i don't think because they've all got their little range but you can kind of be like hey hey just yeah. hey <laughs> yeah um and you know this game looks wide <laughs> very wide it does this game look looks wide. Really wide wide and tall and i i, I think something that's interesting is like a, a thing that that we have spoken about over when we spoke about Halo, when we spoke about Pokemon, you lose when you when you make an open world game, you lose a sense of the author's decision to an mm-hmm. extent. Like you, you lose a you lose a direction when you make it open world because you were trying to make it m- like 
be able to come from different sides, right? Yep. And the FromSoft games of the past, certain areas are very fucking memorable to -hmm. the way they are designed, going down different channels which wrap around themselves. That's a highlight of a lot of Souls games. Yeah, and like people know what that is. Like I was... I mentioned I played Bloodborne for now the other day and I was describing it in Discord. And I was like, oh, I get to the werewolves on the bridge. And you were like, I, I'm so <laughs> fucked up that I know literally like to the millimeter where you are right now. Yes, like, yes. you know how many I, enemies I fought, you know, like what I might have avoided and like the path I took and how close I was to the next shortcut. You know mm-hmm. everything because that I, first bit I of Bloodborne is there seared in into head. your brain. Exactly. Yes. And, you know, are we going to miss that with Elden Ring? Like, I missed that with Halo, for example. Um, right. one, of my, one of my biggest complaints about Halo Infinite was that it didn't have a silent cartographer-style, like, mission that was, like, front to back, you go there. Which is funny, because silent, silent cartographer is the most open mission in that game. Yeah. Um, which, is, which, is, which is funny like that. And also funny that, ODST is my, my favorite Halo. Because it's the is, most open. It's the most open. Um, you know, like, are we going to miss that crafted from soft level design because they've made it open? I don't think so as much. And I think because the world doesn't look like smoothed. It, it, the world doesn't look averaged. The world looks created which I think is very deliberate. Right. You know, sometimes, sometimes you go through a Bethesda RPG, I feel this way about Pokemon, and partly Breath of the Wild as well. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's a level of averaging that's going on to make every part of it accessible, but also makes it a lot less memorable in some areas, right? right. There's, like, Sharp Edges is those games' enemy. Mm-hmm. In terms of um, geometry, in, in terms of like design, and in terms of like like a Breath of the Wild, less so because you can still climb basically everything. But like a sharp edge is like a barrier, and they want you to be able to avoid those barriers because they see. want the world to feel more open that you can go anywhere. You know that the meme of see that mountain, you can go there. That's because the world is so fucking rid- like flat that you can go there. Even though there's mountains, you yep. can climb all those mountains and it's not enjoyable and it's not fun. You can do it. And that's what they promised, but doing it isn't enjoyable. Um, so I haven't noticed that with Elden Ring. At least from what I've seen. Yeah. And, you know, it's really hard because we haven't seen, like, that's something you get a feel for over, like, hours, not minutes. Definitely. Um, Definitely. And the the, con- the the video content we've seen, I didn't watch any people streaming the network test personally. Um, I don't know if they were able to stream it, but if they were, I didn't watch it. Um, and so, basically, I've just seen that 20-minute gameplay highlight they brought out a few months ago now, and that was very cut up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it that's the that's one of the biggest departures for that one, I think. Um for that particular game to go open world is quite surprising. It's far less surprising for Starfield to be an open world. That's made by Bethesda. They've been the kings of the Western open world RPG for more than basically since Fallout 3, right? And before with Oblivion. Yeah. That that's yeah. that's more than 15 years. Um 
So like that's not surprising in the least. There's basically no question marks except for how they're adapting it to a new setting and a new IP. That's it. Yeah. Like the, that was one of the things that I wrote down for it is like, like I wrote like that Bethesda team has only ever worked on Elder Scrolls and Fallout. They've never yep. made anything other than that. So we have an idea of what that game is going to be like, but are they going to make like another one that is in a future, mm. you know, space setting or are they going to like properly refocus what it means to play a Bethesda RPG? It's yeah. been a long time. Fallout 4 was a while ago and we it's know that Starfield, we know Starfield was in development while that game was coming out because yep. we only saw it that next fucking year, I think. We saw Starfield the... Oh, fuck. I don't remember when we saw the initial title, but we definitely saw it the same year they announced Fallout 76. Yes. Um, and Elder Scrolls 6. <laughs> and Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah, I think that was, I think that was, that was its initial land. reveal. We saw, we saw both of the, the trailers for both of those, and it was like, they're coming, but don't hold your breath. Yeah. But they're coming, but don't hold yeah. your breath. Here's Fallout 76. No one liked it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, the question is, are they going to use this as a chance for them to branch out and do something different in the same way that gorilla got away from kill zone and did something vastly different well maybe not in the same way because they're not go- they're not going first person shooter linear like call yeah. of duty set pieces to open world rpg they're going from fantasy open world or apocalypse open world to space open world but yeah, what it, are they going to do to make it their own it's similar to the jump. It's 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 more, but it's similar to the jump like that. Um, Assassin's Creed made from Syndicate to Origins, where they they mm. took some time, they reevaluated what it meant to be an Assassin's Creed game, and they brought out something that was uh, like fresh feeling, um, and very different, <laughs> very very different. Um, you know, is is this gonna be like? Did you? what the fuck was that sorry i just slipped on my chair i was trying to like push back on my chair to sit in it and my foot slipped off and then i like kicked it with the back of my heel and i'm just sitting there like ow <laughs> um yeah like we don't know what this is because we still haven't seen any gameplay they released that trailer last year that was like you know in, in like in-game footage and i saw that i'm like shut the fuck up that's not in-game footage um yeah totally that like it, two minute like someone starts a ship and no, it doesn't yeah, cinematic. Like, yeah, it was in engine, but like, you know, don't call it what it's not. Um, and also this is like the, this is the beginning of them stretching their legs in like the second iteration of their creation engine, right? Which is an engine that they used for Daggerfall, I think was the first one. Mate, I, I have no idea. Yeah. It's like, I've, I I don't know what that game is going to be. Like, I might immediately recognize that game or I might not recognize it at all. Yeah. I reckon we'll get a big E3 blowout. Like, yeah. because it did so well for them um, in 2015 to, to announce Fallout 4 and then bring it out six months later with no one, yeah. with everyone getting so hyped and being like, oh, it's only four months away. And they did yeah. like a 40 minute trailer. Do you remember that? It was, here's Vats. Here's your dog. Here's the towns. Here's armor. Here's the opening Here's, 10 minutes. And like base building and all that stuff. Like they had so yeah. much stuff to get through. And then like they went through the whole like, you know, here's Fallout Shelter, right? You know, yeah, like that's th- right. They, they, they really did a great job with the release of that game. If only mm. that game was good. Um, yeah. 
So yep. like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't trust this game to be good because I haven't liked any of the Todd Howard RPGs in any meaningful way. Skyrim the most, but like, I don't, I don't know. Like these games are the most wide, shallow ones to me. Yeah, I agree. And like Skyrim has its moments. Fallout 4 does too, but it, it doesn't have the stickability, I think, that Skyrim 4 does. And um, 76 didn't work, but like, I think it's got the potential to really hit for that audience. I've always been one to play a few dozen hours and then bounce off, but I, I'm totally yeah, happy same. with that for a Bethesda RPG. That's fine for me. And look, um, like, it's kind of come to Game Pass Day 1, so it's like they're going to yeah. have they're gonna have pro- probably the biggest, maybe the biggest launch they've ever had. Yes and no. They're removing a whole section of the market to be able to put it on Game Pass. It's not coming to PlayStation that, that is at true. all. That that is true. It is. This is going to be the biggest test of like, like. Okay, so here's the thing. Like a lot of general audience don't know this yet. They don't they know that it's not on PlayStation. Yeah, yet. they haven't realized. They don't know that the next Elder Scrolls and Fallout isn't on PlayStation yet. Yeah, I I had my my cousin ask me about Starfield, um, and he played a bit of Skyrim. But he was like, oh, when do they, I heard Starfield's coming out. And this was around November last year. I was like, yeah, no, it's, it's November 22. It's next year. He was like, ah, oh, mm. um, he doesn't have a console except for a PS4. They don't use it very much, but maybe if his computer doesn't handle it, he'd put it on his PS4, except he can't because yeah, right. no one can put it on their PS4 because I'm not, I'm not even talking about PS5s, right? It's hard to get one. It's going to look best there, but whatever. I'm talking about the 100 and what is it? 15 plus million ps4s that are out there that aren't going to have this Mm. Mm. it's gonna be really interesting very interesting so something we've written here is what are the studio's motivations for adapting these storied franchises to this format so horizon is kind of its own thing it's always been an rpg there's only been one game it was great that's kind of and that was the kill zone studio wanting to do something different okay great we understand that Starfield yeah. is open world because that studio always makes open world games. Okay, great. We understand yeah. that. Yeah. God of War Ragnarok, and by extension, the original God of War 2018, that one going open world surprises me. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's a way to sort of create a more epic feeling game because the authored content in that game is so rich with... Uh, you know, those uncharted moments, you know, someone jumps to a ledge and the, the ledge falls below them. You know, that that's something that takes like a week for the designers, programmers and art team to put together, you know, that one moment. Yeah. Um, you know, give or take days, you know, you know what I mean? It, it, that's, that's an intensive process to make those heavily authored set pieces and linear sections. Um, yes. And so they could, they could fill out the game with quality writing from Mimir every time you're in the boat and even the stories and the dynamic of Kratos and Atreus, you know, they could fill that out, have some good storylines with the dwarves, but not have to make another 15 hours of motion capture scenes and and all of that. I'm still surprised they did it. They pulled it off pretty well, but it still feels weird when I play that game to be like, oh, I'm going to go do the 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 wave mode realm in god of war now <laughs> like go to musfelheim and do the the three rounds where you have to kill all the enemies in the circle to some extent it's like it makes sense because uh like god of war the originals were always so arcadey 
it was always about like hit combos and stuff like that so it makes sense but it's an interesting take and i wonder if it's because before that what was it it was ratchet and clank and it was uncharted last of us i wonder if they were trying to do that sort of thing where they brought it brought in the open world where someone could spend more time and come back for new game plus and get gear and level up their skills and all of that it's that loop they're trying to key into that loop a lot um and i would say it's an odd fit except they pulled it off so convincingly the first time that i i i get it like i just get it like i don't question it yeah like it is i think it is fair to say it's the least open world of these games yes um and i think that's because you know the 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 in, in big air quotes the sony prestige formula is largely based around narrative specifically character narrative mm. and set pieces mm. um the naughty dog games yeah but also like you know ratchet and clank is the same um and like uh, like a horizon doesn't quite fit in that but it still does the it still does the character narrative it doesn't really have set pieces but it does the it does the character stuff um and they like like i want to say god of war isn't like i want to say god of war is is still definitely fitting in that structure but they, they, I think they, they wanted to really make a world in that game. And so, what, what, like, one of the things I wrote in my notes is that, like, uh, God of War's least open of those worlds, definitely more directed and author than the others. But what did the series gain from it being open world? You know, what was the reason for it? And I think one of, the, one of the biggest, like, things that it gained from being an open world was the exploration that you were doing with Atreus for either finding collectibles or going hunt the Valkyries or whatever, a lot of that was the world building and specifically like Mimir telling you the stories. Yeah, because it was brand new to the players and to Kratos. And so you got to have this, this like greatest hits, you know, Norse, like, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of like horrible histories a little bit where like you were getting like a funny jokey version of like of a documentary that was just verbally told. Mm. Um, and it felt really natural because a lot of the time it was just like, you know, Atreus being a young kid, just being naturally curious and Mamiya being like, you know, a wonderful storyteller mm. um, was willing to, you know, share this knowledge. Um, and... You know, especially as well, like the the lack of understanding you have of the languages, which you which is one of the mechanics in the game is to learn more words. Um, that was like a really cool way to learn all that without it just being like you know, item descriptions. Yeah, here's four parts of a key. You have two out of four parts. Yeah, mm, which is what it yeah. was. But yeah, yeah. Um, and so like and so like thinking about the open world, you know, showing you more of the world. Like, I do wonder, like, are we going to know a lot, like just going back briefly to Elden Ring as well. Like, are we going to learn a lot about this world due to it being open? Or is it once again, going to be really bogged down behind item description, mm. lore dumps, 
random character information that is like really hard to find you know like like are they going to do the god of war thing where they're going to tell you the story or are you just going to be in this world while the story is sort of just happening around you without you really knowing you're affecting it yeah you don't really have that companionship that god of war is built on that the reboot no. is built on in elden ring um but i wouldn't be surprised if to make the side content and the optional things to go and do more rewarding they included books that reference a certain camp that you go and take out and maybe there's some environmental storytelling right there's like some clothes of a person that this bandit camp robbed and you and you read that person's note and you're like oh i can tell this person died here or something like that maybe there's more of that kind of thing or maybe maybe there are more npcs that you save or um i'm not sure like maybe they they tried to make it overt a bit more to give you those rewards for seeking out that extra content um i personally hope they do that um it takes me back to an article i think it was on fanbyte i saw it or maybe polygon it's not i'm not sure because it's a an article that came out last year that i saw be re um promoted this year so i only glanced at it recently but it's about how someone was saying that um Destiny's best story content needs to stop happening off screen was yeah. the title. Um and you know that's the same with with the Souls games. All that stuff is technically on screen, but a a, a single t- contiguous story is told over items that you find 30 hours apart that have nothing to do with each other and it's a key and it's a it's a pebble and it's it's a broken chainmail armor that you that is no use to you and like yeah. So many random things you really have to put in the effort to make it work yourself. It's, it's hard to see. You know, they, they might make that stuff more overt because they want to be like, this is what George Martin wrote, you know, like, <laughs> um, Sorry, make sure everyone just sees just it. Called, make them see it. Hearing him just be called George Martin is, is very <laughs> strange. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's it's... Interesting. I think you're right with God of War that they built their world with that open world. They built their their lore and their story and their setting very well. And they caught their their audience up to the new world they were bringing them into. Um, I think this one is going to be. I think this one's going to be less open world. Honestly, I think this one's going to be a lot more akin to a Last of Us Two. Interesting. I, I think of, you'll be able to go back to locations unlike Last of Us Two, but I think, like. I it's think there will be, more be like l- wide linear. Yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be a wide trench you can run through, but at the end of the day, it's it will be a point A to point B game that you happen to be able to go back to point A. Mm, interesting. Um, like I don't know if, like I I I don't particularly think that they like unless they structure it like the first one. I don't think the open world part of God of War is what made that game so memorable. I agree. Like and like I'm not, I'm not saying it was bad at all. Like I think I think it it really helped the first one, but it wasn't like there's not a whole lot of exploration that you're doing. You're just sort of like able to go through again and that's cool, but you're not like you're not finding out a lot of new things. You're going and getting collectibles, you're going and finding the optional bosses. And you're being told a but, story at the same time, and being told a story at the same time, which is which is totally fine and valid. Um, but I think that they can do, they can do that without having to do the open world mm-hmm. spoken wheel sort of thing. 
So then for this question that I asked about, that I brought up like 10 minutes ago, what are the studio's motivations for adapting these storage franchises to this format? We come to Breath of the Wild. Now, this is the second one. This isn't the adaptation, but the first one was. It was a drastic retooling of what the, what, what the franchise is for, for the first Breath of the Wild game. Uh, and it's tricky, right? Because now they're making, they're doing something they've maybe never done for a, for a mainline Zelda game. It could like the only ones that had direct sequels before I can think of, uh, Majora's Mask is a sequel to Ocarina of Time, but like not thematically. It's not like, and he is after Zelda and Link freed the world, like, they they went and stayed in this world and then things happened in that world. And because you know the area, like that didn't happen for Majora's Mask. It was Link saved the world as an adult and no one knows who he is as a kid. So he leaves Hyrule and goes somewhere else. That's the story of, that's how continuation, that's how right. that works in those series. It, it's hardly at all. And then there's also Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass, which were DS handheld entries that was that were technically sequels to Wind Waker, but very different in so many ways. And a fraction of the player base has played those. I never played those. Breath of the well, Wild. Well, people played Phantom Hourglass, but yeah, like and going from both. That's because the is... DS was so popular, though. It wasn't because oh, Wind Waker two. Like that wasn't what it was. Yeah. Breath yeah. of the Wild two, the sequel to the Breath of the Wild is what we're about to get, and it's because the first one was so radically different and so new and so well received. They're not going to throw it away, but also they can't just recreate a brand new Hyrule that's intricately layered and different, but the same and references the same people, but no one remembers like. Yeah. And I, I think it's also re really important to note as well that they have since come out with the prequel to Breath of the Wild, which is the Age of Calamity. The, the, the Hyrule Warriors game, which is a direct prequel to the game. Like that's that game... True immediately leads into Earth of the Wild. Um, I play that game. Mm, I mean, it depends. Like, it depends if you like that kind of game or not. I've never um, played it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, it didn't look good from what I played. Um, like, and so, like, what I wrote here is, like, Breath of the Wild 2 is a no-brainer that this will continue the open-world formula mastered by the first, which is, mm -hmm. like, obvious. They struck gold. They're going to keep going. Yes, yes. And I, and I also wrote something here, which I didn't quite really, like it didn't really hit home until I wrote it down, which is Zelda might be like the first open world game that we know as we know it. Like, you know, in terms of like the original, like the original Legend of Zelda, like oh. that franchise is like, you know, so uniquely open. And then I continued on in my head and I was like, yeah, like, I guess Link to the Past is really open like, like it's gated off, but it's gated off by, you know, not having the item, which is still gated, but it's, you can still try and go there. Yep. Totally. Um, you just can't complete the puzzles. Mm -hmm. And then I thought about Ocarina of Time being quite open as well. Once again, gated by items, but you can still but, go there and fail. And you can do things in different orders too. Um, once yep. you get to adult, you can do, you can do... Well, you could do grass and fire temple in any order, forest and fire temple in any order, maybe even the water temple. Um, I'm not sure. And then you could do the last two temples in any order as well. 
And so then looking through my list of open world things, exploration, Zelda's got it. Breath of the Wild has it a whole lot more than the other Zelda's ever had. Maps, yes, it does. Yeah, Breath of the Wild um, specifically you know, is quite good with that. Yeah, yeah. once again, Breath of the Wild once again had that in spades way more than the others did. Tick boxes, no, not really. It did a little bit in Breath of the Wild with shrines, but that's it. Yeah, it's not like they marked on your map every Bokoblin camp and every every uh, village that needed rescuing and yeah. every stable. Like, that was for you to discover and find if you did. And if you didn't, then fine. <laughs> but it mm. was for you to find. Yeah. Side quests? Definitely, yeah. Definitely? Okay, I couldn't remember. When you remember. go to the stable, there's, like, three on each stable. It's like, oh, that, there's, a, there's a white horse up in those hills. Bring it back. And you bring and it back. Like, and like, they are, like, defined in, like, a thing you can, yeah. Because, like, the only thing I remember about the game, which is maybe, like, maybe the most amazing thing I've ever seen in a Zelda game, even of Breath of the Wild, which I don't particularly enjoy playing, the most amazing thing in the world was main mission, defeat Ganon. Yeah. Like, that was, like, fuck, that was cool. And it that was, was, like, hour like, three. Like, that, like, I have no intention to go back and play that anytime soon, but that still excites me as a concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think that's what Pokemon missed. I really wanted them to have, like, mission catch Arceus. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that would have been dope. Yep. Um, wide? Breath of the Wild, very wide. So wide. <laughs> well, maybe the widest of these in terms of... But also, like, the most across the board, deep. Like, each system is so interactable and interacts with each yes. other, one, and... The shrines inform things you can do in the world and things you do in the world inform what you can do in the shrines and and then the unlocks you get from doing the divine beasts help you traverse the world and you get more hearts. Like, like it is very wide but very deep. Yes, In comparison. 100%. Not not uncharted deep where it's like narrow but deep, but deep for a wide pond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a big lake. It's a big. It's a big lake. Yeah, like, like it is, you know, you can look up and watch, you know, videos upon videos upon videos of systemic systems interacting with each other in, in Breath of the Wild, and it, yeah. it will never get old to the point where Breath of the Wild is so nonlinear. There's an amazing video. I've mentioned it on here before. We've both seen it, and I will recommend it again. The the streamer who was playing the game and got like a hundred hours in and then oh, bumped yeah. into what was supposed to be the first shrine that you do where they teach you how to parry and dodge. Yeah. And she had gone a hundred hours in the game without realizing that you could parry and dodge. Because mm-hmm. she had just learned how to play the game without it. And it's mm-hmm. incredible her finding out all of this stuff. It's it's an amazing video. It is so funny. And Breath of the Wild, random encounters. Yes, less so. They are they are more the enemies that are around and you can sort of like it's the systemic random stuff of like, you yeah. know, random encounter of a lightning like a lightning storm is rolling in while I'm attacking this camp when usually it is not lightning or, you know, the blood moon ruining whatever you're doing at any given fucking moment. Yeah, like, totally. It's, it's the, that kind of stuff. The systems in that game interweave and interact in very intricate ways. Um but yeah, there's not a lot more subtle ways a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, it's more like a foundation for how the world works, and then everything's on top of it. Like the 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 enemy encampments and stuff like that. That's all place. That's all part of exploration. Then I'd say more random encounters. 
Yes. So, Jeremy. Carrie. Will you burn out before you get to the end of the game or before the next game? I don't think so. And I'm I just think... going to do a little exercise here. I'm going to order these at release date in our list here, but keep going. Sure. I don't think I will. And I think that's because I think they are coming out relatively spaced apart aside from obviously Elden Ring and Horizon with being a week apart. And Arceus if we include it. Yeah, which, which, I'm, which I'm not because that one is like it feels way less open world than those two anyway. Um, and, and I think because those two games are very different and they are not evoking the same thing. Um, Horizon, you are there for like a, a big part of Horizon is Aloy. You know, it is like, I want to see what Aloy is going to do next. Yeah. Um, the enemy design and the world design, I am there for both of these games. Specifically, but for different enemy reasons, right? For for very different reasons, you know. Like, I'm excited for the Elden Ring because I want to know. I like. I'm excited to learn nine, ten different fucking bosses again. You know, bosses that are going to be different to like the rest of them. I'm excited to learn the mechanics that will. You know, you could you can make builds in that game. You don't make builds in Horizon. You are Aloy. You have the bow and arrow. You have the stick. You have bomb and slingshot <laughs> and and grappling hook. Mm-hmm. In in Elder Ring, it's like, am I going to be a mage? Am I going to be a sword person? Am I going to be a little dagger, a little freak? You know, like, <laughs> like you know, it's like I, I, I haven't even thought about what kind of character I'm going to build in, in the Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you keep calling it the Elden Ring. It, it, it's just like, yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Well, because well, it's called Elden, Elden Ring. Ring. But oh, is it like, not the Elden Ring? No, it's not. It's called Elden Ring. But you're like, oh, oh what character am I going to play in the Elden Ring? Like, <laughs> it gives it such a gravitas. <laughs> they should call it the Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, they should. And they call it in the trailer. Like, you yeah, see cool, the Elden Ring. It's a Ring. thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to build my own character in this. And, you know, there'll be, like, some level. Like, some we, level we've, role we've, play. We've, like some level of roleplay, but also like you and I have spoken about like doing part of this in co-op as well, which mm. neither of us have really experienced, I think. Yeah, and theoretically they're making that relatively more accessible than in other games. Yeah. I am honestly holding my breath. I, I'd rather, yeah. I'm, not holding, I'm not holding my breath because like what's more accessible to FromSoft might still be a, a five-hour side quest we yeah. have to venture into the end game to pick up one item and it's a consumable. So if the next person dies, then you can't <laughs> play co-op. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah. Like I think these games are different enough and then they're, they're not going to be trying to evoke the same thing. Um, sure. Like I, I think my biggest question mark honestly is Starfield. Cause if that comes out close to breath of the wild too, which it might, because mm. they could, kind of tank that in a way like and i don't mean tankers in like failure like they can like cop that hit i think because they're going to be going after a very different audience in breath of the wild well what starfield is going for they're going for the skyrim audience that's been playing that game for the last 10 years straight i suppose they are both going for the relatively and i don't mean this in the reductive way casual gaming audience which is like the the everybody 
kind yeah. of the audience. You know, like Skyrim to a lot of people was people's first RPG and it's very important in that regard. Some people um, it's been their first and last. It's all they've played. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also feel like the the fantasy element is what brought a lot of people in and people are going to be less excited yes. about the, the sci-fi side of it. Yeah, it's not um, going to so, be a Venn diagram of two circles on top of each other. Like the audience no, crossover is going to be one to one. No. Um, so yeah, like I don't know where Starfield fits this year, and I'm not saying it's not going to come out this year because I think it will. But like, I don't know where it like fits in the world of releasing a game that's probably going to feel the oldest. I hopefully not, but yes, good chance. Yeah, because um, Breath of the Wild two we think is going to feel like Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. God of War, Ragnarok, we th- we we know is going to feel like Definitely. God of War. Yeah. Elden Ring is going to feel the newest, I feel, and Horizon is going to feel like Horizon. Um yeah, they're all they're all modern from 5 years ago. God of War came out 2018, Breath of the Wild 1 came out 2017, Horizon came out 2017. Like talking last week about drawing lines between Pokemon Blue and Sword and Shield, like we're going to be able to draw a line between Fallout Three and to a lesser extent Oblivion, um, all yep. the way into Starfield. Totally. Um, like I, I fully expect the menu management to be identical to both of those games, inventory, all of that stuff. Like mm. it's gonna, it's gonna feel the same. I hope it's better because it's been seven years since Fallout Four, and that one didn't do what they wanted it to. Because they changed some things that made made it so that it was it didn't quite have the longevity that it, their previous titles had. A lot yeah. of a lot of that being to the voice acting, meaning that they couldn't just have voice like written lines and written lines for any um, scenario. So, like, we'll see. I hope I hope they adapt in a new way and modernize their own subgenre of the open world sort of role playing game. Mm. milieu well like the thing is like i just want to be able to role play in those games like i don't aside from new vegas and that's because it wasn't made by them yeah like there's a lot of like the decisions in those games either feel empty or feel so clearly obvious right and they 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 don't feel very impactful Mm -hmm. um whereas they did in new vegas at least to me and so i want like you know, like, I don't know what this world is because we have no idea what this world is. Like, I don't know if there's factions. I don't know if there's, I don't know if it's like Mass Effect where there's like, you know, a central force and an enemy force. I don't know if it's, if it's like, you know, Fallout like where there's like, yeah, like I have no idea. I don't know if there's factions at all. What if it's like fucking, um, you know, out of worlds where mm. there's a bunch of corporations, but for the most part, you're your own, you're your own people. Who knows? Who knows? We'll um, find out in June and it's going to be suppose, a big yeah. day. <laughs> um, um, are you going to, are you going to burn out? I am. I'm quite concerned about horizon forbidden West and Elden ring being on top of each other. Like, you know, horizon is going to take me four and a half years to beat Jeremy. So like, I've got to, <laughs> please, please don't <laughs> no, do that. No, no, it, it won't. I you'll, won't do that again. You'll have a, you'll have a bunch of time in between the open world games to play it. That's true. So I think what's going to happen is I'm going to have Elden Ring and mainline it and probably have a bit of work for it. Um, 
And I think that's going to take a lion's share of my time. I might not even play Horizon until March or April, honestly. I don't, I don't see me starting it and then getting distracted is not going to help Horizon. It's what happened last time. It did it no favors. I don't want to do that. So I kind of don't want to pick it up until I've got the time for it. Um, and I know Elden Ring has got to be first for me. So if I was trying to... If I was trying to play Horizon when it came out on the 18th before Elden Ring when it came out on the 25th, I think I would really struggle. I think I would probably either pick one or fall off both, honestly. Especially if I enjoyed them both, I would find it really difficult to go between and then I'd get sick of it and then I'd just go back to Arceus or like Vampire Survivors or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, those two being on top of each other, especially after I just put in 30 hours into Arceus in the last 10 days, like that's that's the thing that's got me sort of concerned. That's the dynamic that I'm thinking about. Um, but you're right. We don't know when Ragnarok is coming. <laughs> we don't know when Breath of the Wild 2 is coming. We don't know when... We know Starfield is probably going to be in November, but there's every likelihood that all of these could be pushed out of this year. But if they do arrive this year... I don't see them arriving before the second half of the year. In fact, I don't see Breath of the Wild 2 happening before November, honestly. In which case yeah, it's going toe-to-toe with Starfield, head-to-head. And we know Breath of the Wild can hack it because they did that with Horizon last time. If Ragnarok sits on that as well, because look at it, Starfield's Xbox exclusive on P- and, and on PC. God of War won't be on PC when it launches. It's just on PlayStation. And Breath oh, of the Wild 2 is this. on Nintendo. I hadn't thought about that at all. Neither had I, just now, just seeing it. Because the other That's three are out. So they're coming strange. and they're going. Yeah. That is bizarre. They're all going to have an end-of-year RPG. Maybe, if it makes it. The only one I can actually genuinely see slipping, which is weird, is God of War. Well, well But even me- then, we've seen it. That's the thing. Let me put this to you. God of War's release date was announced, like in 2018, was announced... I want to say like end of February and it came out like second week of April or something like that. It was like six weeks when we found out the release date for that game between when, when we found out and when we got it. Could they just drop it in June? Could they just be like, here's God of War? No. Okay. I don't think I don't it's ready yet, but no. like what if? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what would be fucked? Yeah. So, so uh, as of recording, we are currently recording on the 8th of February. Apparently, there's, there, there are heavy rumors that a Direct is coming out this week. Yeah, Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Um, they stealth drop Breath of the Wild 2. <laughs> oh, fuck. And it's out today. <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine? They just, they just kill Horizon again. <laughs> oh, my God. They put it out on the, on the 17th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the day before? Yeah. Oh, man, that would be a slaughter. That's like Infinite dropping their multiplayer right before Battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that would that would be savage and very funny and also very sad. So unfortunate. It'd be so <laughs> unfortunate. Yeah, that's like... Yeah, that I, I don't even know what that's like. I, I I can't see it happening. That's just so rude. No, no, you know I know, I, mean? I know. Like it's it's not happening. We know it's not to, happening. I'm just sitting here fathoming it. It's like who would do such a thing? Oh, fucking, could you imagine? 
Uh, so, so, yeah. so what I what I can actually see happening is I I can see Breath of the Wild actually slipping into next year, and to tide over fans, they'll release their three D Zelda collection, um, as an interim. Mm. That would be a good spot for a November hit. Something that's like an easy win for Zelda fans, but doesn't set the world uh, on fire. I I could see it even earlier. I could see it at like a July. Like as far as it was. As far as I can tell, like it's done and it's been done for a while and they're sitting on it. Or what if to tide over fans, Breath of the Wild 2 doesn't come out. What if the Metroid Prime trilogy comes out? Yeah, but I think that's a different conversation to Zelda. <laughs> hey, but what if it comes out, Jeremy? <laughs> no, they, they brought out Dread to tide over fans. <laughs> You're right. Uh, it's going to be a weird time. This next month is intimidating. I'm quaking mm. in my boots, Jeremy. <laughs> what are you going to try and do between these two games? When Horizon comes out, which you love dearly, you platinumed. And then when Elden oh, like, Ring I'm, comes out, your first Souls game on launch, what are you going to do? I'm going to beat Horizon before Elden Ring comes out. Are you fucking... You have a full-time job now, sir. What yeah. are you going to do? Are you going to be remote playing at your desk? No. Maybe I'll take next Friday off. <laughs> I got I got time. I, I got time banked up. Mm-hmm. That's still three days before you're back at work. And then we've got to record a podcast that week, too. I don't know, man. Yeah, my complete definitive thoughts of Horizon Forbidden Wilds. <laughs> Something to keep in mind. Like, you can mainline the story of Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn. I'm sitting here going, what's the first one? What's the first one? What's the first one? What's the first one? You could beat... You could mainline Zero Dawn. I think it still takes you 25 hours. Because there's uh, so much time you spend doing... Like, in the main quest, there's so much time you spend doing, like... Oh, avenge the people of the Nora tribe. And then it's like, oh, go find out what the people of Meridian want. And it's like, oh, there's a there's a coup happening. And oh, this person's oh, yeah, sister got stuff. Like, there's so much stuff. And then there's like another half of the game, which is all about answering what Zero Dawn actually is. Like, there's going to be so much like, here's what the tribes think. Here's what the warring tribe faction thinks. Here's what the, the, the modern day drama technology problem is. Like, there's a lot of main story in the first one. I think you're going to struggle to to blitz it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm excited. I'm excited for both of them. Um, I went and watched... Now that I've got this 4K monitor, I went and re-watched the... Uh, the it wasn't at E3, but the Forbidden West gameplay trailer they showed in like June last year, right before E3 or the end of May. Um, man, it's pretty. It's so pretty. All that stuff in the beach and you've got that pulse now so you can see all those handholds and she's got that like grapple. There's a grappling hook now. Yeah. And yeah. there's like a like a paraglider, but it's like a technology fancy shield thing. Like it's looking really cool. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So... What that means is we've got uh, an interesting month coming up ahead for the Minimap cast. Uh, next week, we're going to be releasing on the release day of Horizon. Um, so we're not going to have really any impressions for that. So, But what next week is going to be all about is the new limited time mode and the new season for Apex. We're 
pretty excited for the new mode for Apex. It's a 9v9 instant respawn control zone mode, and it's coming out for us in about 12 hours, which will be 3 a.m. So it's coming out I tomorrow. Get to level 100 in the, I gotta get to level 100 in the battle pass tonight. Oh no. <laughs> I've been on that grind. That's a nasty grind. Um, so yeah, next week's gonna be all about Apex. Uh, the week after that, we're going to be talking Horizon, and then the week after that, we're going to be talking Elden Ring. That's what the release schedule looks like for the next three weeks. So it's going to be a very busy month for us. I'm sure we're going to be talking about Horizon and Elden Ring moving forward after those days as well. So it's just going to be that one week, and then we're done. Um, and then the week after that, you can hear my thoughts about Gran Turismo 7. Oh, and Babylon's Fall. I'm not getting that game. <laughs> I'm just you not. Sure you didn't pre-order it 12 I'm, months ago? I'm pissed about it. No, because by the time pre-orders went up, <laughs> I saw what you, that game was. They made you not care about that game. Yeah, they, they, they killed it. Yeah. Uh, Babylon's, Babylon's Fall, for those who are unaware or perhaps forgot because it's so forgettable, is the game made by Platinum, who made Nier Automata, Bayonetta, <laughs> that, that's set in that like fantasy, shiny city... It's kind of Godfall kind of art style, kind of. Looked really cool, big monsters. It it looked Souls-ish from the very little we saw it, of it. It looked so cool. And then the second trailer they gave us the deep dive is it's a it's a it's a service game. It's an online four-player co-op, like hack and slash. They one hundred percent changed that after the fact. They one hundred percent shoehorned that in. And the reception was so bad after it. We haven't seen a single trailer or anything for it since, and it's coming out yeah. in less than a month. Yeah. <laughs> after D-D-O-A. Elden Ring and Horizon Forbidden West. D-O fucking A. They killed it 12 months ago. Yeah. And this, I, I do feel bad for the developers because they probably appreciate what they're making, but ugh, it does not look good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, GT, GT7. I'll... Um, yep. Be excited to hear your thoughts on it. Maybe play it split screen and then never think about it ever again. Just like I've done with every other Gran Turismo game <laughs> in the history of Gran Turismo. Uh, but yeah, that's about it for us today. Um, God, there's so many games coming out. Could you imagine if Saints Row was still coming out at the end of March? Oh, the open world game of the year. The open world game of the year, that's right. It's, uh, it's going to take away best comedy, best action adventure, best romance, best no, narrative, just, what best it's art do direction. Is just ta- what it's going to do is just take away comedy, <laughs> like for, like from the world. <laughs> it's going to drain comedy, push yeah. out something that's not as good, and then no yeah. one else can laugh ever again. Mm-hmm. It's a sad dystopia we have to look forward to, everyone. Um, but before that time, you can listen to all of our thoughts on the games coming out before then. Um, you can do that. On our website, minimap.com.au, you can find all of our episodes there of this podcast and our other podcasts. Um, whoa. I, I'm, I'm exhausted by the gravity of what we've been talking about. Not the gravity, but the, the implications of the, of the coming weeks. Mm. Um, if you want to support us, you can rate uh, this show positive, positively on whatever platform you uh, use to get your podcasts. Uh, Spotify has a new rating system, so if you're on Spotify, that's there for you. Otherwise, Apple's got their thing, and you can just give us a plus or a subscription or whatever it is, wherever you get it. Uh, we're also on Patreon at Patreon uh, at www.patreon.com slash minimapau. It's not at Patreon. Um, if you want to support us there monetarily, you can do that. We're also on Twitter. Uh, we notify, we put up a post every time an episode goes live with a little snippet of what the episode's about, a little funny moment. 
Uh, that's on Twitter at minimapau. That one is actually an at sign. Uh, we're also there individually. <laughs> I'm there at KJ Palmer underscore 24. Jeremy, where are you on Twitter? Uh, at obi one Jazz. That's about it from us, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you have any thoughts on what you thought, on what you think the open open world future is going to be, you know, where you can post a response on Twitter or do we have an email address for this, Jeremy? Or was that for the 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 Game Club podcast? No, we don't have an email. I mean, there's if you want to email us, it's minimapau at gmail dot com. But like, not nothing emails there. <laughs> No, no one emailed. Get, if you want to be the first I, 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 one to email in about your thoughts about open world. <laughs> I get ads from Google there a lot. Oh, lucky you. Yeah, apparently I've, I've had $150 of free Google ad credit for about three and a half years now, which I've never used. Oh, wow. Because we, we don't run ads. No, we don't. Uh, and yeah, otherwise you can just tweet at us individually or at the Minimap account. We'll be there having a discussion if you want to have it with us. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time.